Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in an authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. On today's episode, my husband joins me again for discussions on egalitarianism versus complementarianism. My husband takes an interesting side and we embark on a discussion that includes the theological views of John MacArthur, why what we practice within our marriage mirrors that of a complementarian marriage, and why we don't think it's such a bad thing. I urge you to stick around and listen, however, because the discussion unfolds what we really believe are to be core essentials to maintaining a marriage. And it's not that we really believe that women are secondary. It's not that we believe that women's roles are to be in the home with the children. It's just that when you widen the scope, on what this kind of relationship can look like in comparison to what an egalitarian relationship looks like, it doesn't work for us. But that's not to say it needs to work for everybody. And that's not to say that if you're doing it differently that you're doing it wrong. We just wanna break it down and my husband sounds off on why he doesn't like the dissing on the complementarianism. Do discuss a little bit more about John MacArthur and we kinda crack open his theology We talk about why we don't expect to be upset about certain things that he says and why some of the other things aren't in the best light of what it means to be like Christ. The discussion gets a little carried away after Corey vents about bright lights, driving in the dark, and how that leads us into a conversation about memes and what it really means when we flash other people because we don't like how bright their lights are shining. So sit down, relax, Pay attention, take notes if you need to, while we discuss farming, fucking, and fighting. Enjoy today's show. Fucking instead of fighting. I think it can have its place, but I think sometimes it can be used to not resolve the issue. Well, sometimes our bodies just want to talk to each other. It's true, but I still think it's possible that you're not really resolving the issue. Or at least coming to an understanding or being able to at least share your own feelings and get it all out there. But... That doesn't fit in with your idea that we need, like, more sex to be had, like, with everything. Yeah, because I, I said it can be used. Well, do you think sometimes it could just be that you just need Yeah. to just get laid? And yeah. that's the reason you're all crabby and making up all these little issues? Yeah. And so then what do you do with the aftermath of the things said before? Well, I think they still need... I mean, even when we do that... We have really good sex when we fight. Yeah, we do. But usually during or before or after, we talk about it. We talk about the issues we were having. Yeah. And we get to at least 
in a calm manner, let euphoric. each other, yeah, <laughs> let each other know how how we were feeling and you know our the perspective on it. We're, we're I think we're more open to listening then. Mm. So it it I think it I don't like the fucking instead of fighting. I think it would be more of fucking in conjunction with fighting. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because we're not replacing it. We, I think it should be used in conjunction with. I see. Interesting. I really thought that you would speak differently to that. I don't know why. You don't know me. (laughs) I did say that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I did say that, and then after I said it, I felt really bad for saying it. Because I didn't know if you would take that as an insult. How did you take it? I, uh, I just read it. I really, when I read your stuff, when you've been angry, I try not to take it personal. I try to just have an open mind, um, read what you have to say. Because I know you just need me to know what you're thinking. Mm. That's it. Yeah. And so one of the things you also in there said that I haven't changed. I think that's the way I have changed. One of the biggest ways I have changed is I don't take everything you say personally anymore. Oh. So there's been a lot lot of internal changes. Yeah. That aren't necessarily. Well, I'm not as reactive. That's true. I mean, I don't, I, you know, even three, four years ago, you, every time you would tell me how you feel, I would instantly get defensive and Have to tell me how you feel? Exactly. Whereas, you still kind of do that. But I try to make sure that I give you space to feel how you feel. But... At the same... Oh, crap. Now I lost my train of thought. egalitarianism, Corey. Men and women in a marriage, where it's men and women, are not equal. And to say that we are equal, isn't that an insult to you? Um, I don't really get caught up in that whole I need to feel equal to everybody else kind of mentality. So it's not an insult to me, but it's not important. I just, I think we have a complementarian marriage in a lot of regards. Okay. I think it should be that way. Before everybody gets all crazy that I'm weird and one of those people. Like wants a John MacArthur type marriage. Yes, but I I don't necessarily think he's wrong though either. I mean, it's like Spider-Man and I think you said it once, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Okay, and, and... Yes, in in John MacArthur's view, where men should rule over their wives, 
men have a great power in that, but with that, it can be abused. And I don't think it should be. And men who are listening, if you abuse that power, shame on you. That's not cool. But I don't think it's unrealistic to, to say that men should protect their wives. Yeah, I, yeah, and I don't think that means that we're assuming all women are weak when we exactly. say that. But it's like, here's the thing. Isn't that what we're looking for when we want a relationship in the first place with anyone? We're looking for someone else to make us feel safe, to make us feel protected. I think an allowance of that kind of dependency on one another isn't wrong. I want to be able to depend on you. I yeah. want to know that you're going to protect me and shield me when you have the capacity to, the ability to. And I want to be able to provide that for you too, but I'm not going to provide it for you in the same sense that you would for me necessarily either. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I think men should be responsible for financially providing for their family. and Well, because a man would have to be responsible for himself anyway, just yeah. as a woman would too. I think we should at least clarify that there are there are assumptions that we can make that people are being individually and independently responsible for themselves. And so if you enter into a family, you kind of extend that. What do you mean? For, to everyone who you surround yourself with. You're already, you already have to be responsible for yourself. Yes. When you're willing to connect yourself to other people, that means you're going to be financially responsible for them as well. Yeah. That should be a given. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't even be something we should even have to clarify. It should just be an assumed. Don't you think? Men, if you have a family, you are supposed to take care of them yes. financially. But women do so too. And maybe it's not financially, but there is an obvious and assumed support system that you bring. Yes. To a relationship. But the other thing I was going to point out is that, you know, mothers have a relationship with their children that fathers will never have. I agree. I think that is to be protected. I think that is to be, that is stable. I mean, I, you, you're the nurturing one. You're the one who answers the call of, Mommy, can I do this? Mommy, can I do that? Yeah. And even when they ask me, Daddy, can I do this? What would your mom say? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Because, let's face it, in this house, I, I don't rule over you. Nuh-uh. It's the other way around within the, the walls of this house. This is your domain. This is, this is yours. And so even though that kind of ideology exists that suggests that the man should rule over his wife, do you really think that's going on in like 90% of households? Nope. Not even the ones who claim that that's how they roll. Yep. It, yeah, they're like, I'm the boss. But you know when they get home, they're like, I didn't say I was the boss. I said you were the boss, babe. What's your triple penetration thing? Oh, yes. The triple penetration concept. The triple penetration concept. We just like saying the triple <laughs> penetration concept. Yes, I it's, do. It sounds a whole lot dirtier than it actually is. No, it doesn't. What do you mean? What? It does too. It's not that dirty. It's an intellectual concept. It's not... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, now I lost my train of thought again. Damn it. Men are not ruling their homes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think in most marriages, men are not ruling over their wives because boobs, that's why. Distraction. But yeah, I, I think that 
I'm just, I just I don't like the egalitarian thing. I don't think that. Well, okay, and here's something funny about that ideology is that Esther Perel writes about how that interferes with desire. Yeah. And having this quid pro quo, having this equal fairsy, I don't dominate, you don't dominate, no one submits, is what we want at work, at the grocery store, in church, whatever. But that doesn't work in the bedroom because it becomes too PC. And you have to be like, okay, well, um, have I, have, have we, have we given each other the same amount of oral focus here? It's been 2.7 oral, minutes. Huh? Yeah, oral. Well, I mean, if you're going to be equal about foreplay and... Corey, stop. Let's stay on topic here. (laughs) Goodness, it's on your brain. Okay, that doesn't work. And so Perel often talks about that's why you you need to allow space for aggression and jealousy and distance to kind of fuel that. It just doesn't work because you're too PC. You're too, uh, I need to be all concerned about you and you can't be ravenous and you can't ravish each other and you can't have that push and pull dynamic of dominating and submitting and taking turns if you're all worried about making sure that, again, you've spent the same amount of time on the oral focus as you do something else. And it. But uh, men are scared to be dominant in the bedroom nowadays, especially in the millennial generation. I've read about that. There are so many studies dedicated. Sex is like significantly changing with Mm. this new generation. And it's both a really scary field to operate in because nobody knows what's what anymore. And even when you say consent, you're not 100% sure that that consent is still the same consent five minutes later, 10 minutes later. Is it, are you still consenting? Are you still, do you consent to me switching positions? Can we flip? I mean, do you know what I mean? It can get that kind of ridiculous that it just makes you go, Pornhub. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Tinder, no connections. I know what I'm getting here. Mm-hmm. And so sex has become this robotic act that we won't connect to because if we do connect to it, we need to make sure that we're consenting to the connection. And what a fuck fest. And then literally no fucking in any kind of festivist enterprise because you're too worried about fucking it up while you're fucking. And I just said fucking a lot. I better put a disclaimer on that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But it, that's how ridiculous it gets. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, being dominant when we're having sex is is tough sometimes. Yeah, I'm always like, "Are you okay? Is this all right?" Yeah, yeah. But it is hard. Yeah, it is. Because if you take it too far, that one instance, it can traumatize a person. Yeah. I mean, like you hurt me a couple weeks ago, (laughs) and I was willing to be that submissive. Mm-hmm. And then I just wasn't ready for it and uh, was walking funny. But, I mean, didn't that concern you? Mm-hmm. We're doing a podcast, so I need you to speak to this. Well, yes, it did concern me. Okay, and so then what was your concern? I, well, I don't know what you mean. I, I'm not, I don't understand. Well, were you, so then, then the next time I told you to be dominant, did you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. There we go, catch up. Well, let's see. Gosh, you confuse me all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is a concern. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to. But even when we're not doing such graphic, intimate things, I mean, being being dominant with any kind of urges mm-hmm. with me is sometimes difficult, especially if I'm sending off vibes. Yeah. And then you're like, 
can I just grab my wife's butt today? Oh, Can yeah. I kiss her an extra kiss, like, without her going, what's up? Or why are you in yeah. my face? Or Yeah, like, just flirting even in the kitchen. Sometimes if I'm getting vibed, I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to just steer clear of her today. Yeah. Yeah. See, women control the sex life far more than I think they realize. <sighs> and this is a hard discussion for me to engage in because... I agree with you, but I don't really know if that means that just because we experience it that way, that that's the... From male friends and acquaintances that I have talked to, that's been the general. Okay, and so if I'm being honest too, I guess, I mean, from all of the people that reach out to me and kind of share their stories with me, that's the gist of it. If the wife is not into it if she's not feeling it if she wants to say for the next nine months we're not having sex that's just the way it goes and i think that's awful i think that's awful to have a sexually disconnected relationship if you both haven't discussed about this i and and then agreed on it i think that's awful even though you're guilty of it from time to time yeah okay just check but i don't take it completely off the table I'm talking about the women who have taken it off the table and they're like, I've had kids or I'm pregnant or this happened or, you know, we're, we're not having kids anymore. So what's the point? I mean, there's a lot of those kind of situations and instances that actually are occurring right now with people. And I just think, did you have that discussion with your partner or did you just go, no, we done. And then you didn't even include them in on that. So I'm I'm gonna go back to this whole complementarianism thing. Husbands, you shall rule over your wives. Do you think that's what they were talking about? Husbands, you need to be maybe a little bit more forceful in that regard. You know, I mean, and 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 maybe when they was telling women, you need to submit to your husbands because that kind of stuff needs to be going on they 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 knew that hey you need to be having sex (laughs) i'm just i'm throwing that out there i don't know and that's a that's a that's a really good idea and actually so you know how i've been following this john MacArthur story yes and i've just been kind of like fascinated and intrigued by just all the outrage and upset but then i actually took time to watch a lot of his content, a lot of his sermons, a lot of his speeches, just to kind of figure out who he was. Because I'm like, I see everybody jumping on board, so they have an experience with John MacArthur, but what's my experience with him? Well, I'm going to go check it out. And at first I was like, do I even want an experience with understanding John MacArthur? What's the point? But the way I am too is when everyone else is like, I hate this person, let's all hate him. I'm like, ooh, can I figure out a way to like this person? And... I like a lot of what he says. I don't agree with his anti-gay ideologies. I don't like I don't like how he's so blatantly obvious about his disdain that he has for particular people. Whenever any of us resort to being childish and literally calling out specific people and calling them names and attacking their character, it's not it's not the best of anybody. And so I don't agree with that. But a lot of his ideology, while I think is, you know, Something he's just had an insulated experience with and never found any... I don't think he found any reason to jump outside of the box that he was in. He was content in his box. The box works for him. 
And so the people that are no longer in a box just want to go and like dump everyone out of their boxes so quickly without understanding why they're in their box. And so anyway, long story short, I wanted to know who he was before I was willing to like criticize him or judge him. And actually what I learned of him, I actually couldn't criticize too much. I like his idea about while he goes on about how wives need to submit to their husbands. And he has this kind of like approach where he references Eve and he talks about the garden and the curse is that your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. You get caught up in that idea of like, is it the desire that will rule over her or does the husband need to rule over her because otherwise the desire will rule over her? And MacArthur's perspective suggests that the woman's desires will rule over her and she will have this desire to dominate her husband, which was what she demonstrated during the fall and the serpent and the the forbidden fruit and the tree of knowledge of good and evil is that she followed her desires to such a point and then Adam wasn't willing to say, woman, no. And he took the bite because he loved her so much he was willing to literally die for her, which is the curse from God to Adam. You're going to toil for this woman. You will labor to death for her. I mean, you weigh out the burdens here and they're both pretty significant. So I don't know. I don't disagree with that idea. Relating it from Alexander Shia that I told you about, his idea about this God is a parent kicking the kids out of the nest. Go go find me on your own now that I've already told you where I am. Mm-hmm. You know? I'll be here, but you need to go experience and life type of thing. Exactly. And so, I mean, I can juxtapose those two ideologies together and think they're they're both really good. And they explain a lot of humanity and marriages and what we have to wrestle with but i don't think he's overall bad and i don't think i've never understood why people were upset about the complementarian relationship style because i thought that was kind of like what we were supposed to do for one another we complement each other we complete each other we fill in for each other your strength and, and tall and i'm short and gentle and nurturing i don't know I don't think, or something. or something, sometimes when I'm not being <laughs> a selfish poo. But I, I think we're supposed to fill in the gaps for each other. I agree. I think if we both come with all of the gaps filled in, I can't help but wonder what the benefit is for us to be together. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to do this for me, or I don't need you to be this for me because I'm this way. You know what I mean? And the yep. same with, if you already come with all those pieces filled in, it's like, am I even a piece in this equation? Can't help but wonder. That's part of why divorce rates are so high. It could be. Just it could be. That's a good thought. Carrying on. Oh, speaking of bright lights. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. Uh, the bright lights. Bright lights. So, we... So we, we were we, driving. We, so we were driving today, and it was dark out. Pitch black. By the way, why is it so pitch black out? It's 6.17 p.m. Oh, so anyway. Anyway, so we were coming back, and we have a Ford Explorer that has really bright lights. So freaking bright. Apparently, other drivers don't like it because I get flash. Every car that meets me. I know. I saw a meme about it. I don't want to be a jerk. but and flash them back. But I have had to start flashing them back. Otherwise, they'll like turn their brights on two seconds before they meet me, and I about go blind. And then you said something really smart, and I forgot what it was. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, first I wanted to say I saw a meme about halogen lights. Yeah. It's been going around. Um, my 
my newsfeed. And I thought it was really funny because I'm over here. I'm like, I'm one of those people with those bright ass halogen lights that you can't stand. But it's nothing we did on purpose. No. It just came standard in our freaking vehicle. I remember when I was in high school, kids used to go buy fancy Pia fog lights. Yep. And then when the, the fancy new b- white blue lights came out, everyone went and replaced their headlights back when you could. Yeah. Just go, can you replace your headlights anymore? But no, so what I said was, other people get jealous when your lights shine brighter than theirs. But you know, that is something, it's a perspective that I picked up on when I had that whole fallout with that publisher. Yeah. You know, before the the actual floor came out from under me, which I think I was hammering away at from the top a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was was kind of trying to make that relationship die before they made it die. But it, it was something I noticed is there was a lot of competition and everyone had to remind everybody else that they had brighter lights, more star reviews. More followers, more downloads, more likes, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, that's really sad, but that's kind of the society we're in right now. Where if your light starts shining bright, people will do either anything they can to dim them, or they're going to try and outshine you. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it was just, it's something that I picked up on, and it, it was funny. Just, I mean, we physically observed it today. You know, when I drive past people who have their brights on, I never flash them. I don't care. I just think they forgot. I mean, because I've forgotten my... I got kids in the back, or I'm listening to music, or I had a call interrupt me, or whatever. And I think that goes back to this idea of painting everyone else a different backstory before you react to them. And so I think I do that. I don't get upset when I'm driving anymore. I used to have really bad road rage, but I had to drive on freaking freeways all the time before I moved out here and it just is a normal thing you just everyone outrages you you're constantly outraged and it starts off in, right in the morning your day is just ruined by all these asshole drivers um, but now I just kind of started thinking like if I gave them a different backstory I wouldn't have to react and get upset and I could just hope that they drive safely is that something you noticed when you moved out here that life is a little bit slower paced which is a contradict, completely contradictory to what we talked about earlier. Oh, right, because it feels like it's effing chaos. Yeah, but I think it is almost a little bit slower pace out here. Even even the chaos, I think, to a certain extent, is slower paced. You know, once you get used to all the smells out here, <laughs> you can actually stop holding your breath. Yeah. I felt like I was always holding my breath in the cities. And in that fast-paced life. And I came out here and I kept holding my breath. And then after a while, I was like, huh, I think I like it out here. And I, I mean, I tried to leave right, right after I met you. Mm-hmm. And you were like, how about you don't leave? And I was like, um, no, I'm going to go. And what I was out there three or four months and I was back. I, and yeah, it was you, but well, and I would have followed you anywhere. Which I, I did. I had did not have a lot of options. It was either him or my mom. So. <laughs> Sweet. We're married because of the lack of options. <laughs> yes. Isn't that why we all get married? Lack of options. Or something. You shouldn't have married. You shouldn't have even proposed to me. You'd been faced with an ultimatum. Yeah, whatever. I don't do Yeah, it ultimatums. is. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't give them to you. 
Oh, man, do I want to sometimes, though. I want to be like, if you don't get your ass home, like, right now, I am not going to fuck you for, like, a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just dumb. Ultimatums are dumb. Um, But, yeah, slower-paced life, definitely. And I can breathe and be comfortable. But I kind of always felt like I didn't belong out there. Even when I would fantasize in high school about where I'd end up and thinking I was going to end up in New York and I was going to live this big, fancy life, it was... It wasn't even a real fantasy. It it felt fake in my fantasy. Like, I knew I didn't really want it. Yeah. But I didn't know what I wanted. And, you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, everyone wants to know, what do you want? You better tell me now what you want. You have to figure out what you want now. I'm going to be 39. I I don't know what the fuck I want. Do I? No. No. Not even. Tomorrow's Monday, and I have no idea what I want for Monday. I want Monday to be good. I'm going to manifest a good Monday. All right, then. Yeah. And another good recording tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah. There you go. Someone more famous than you. Well, that doesn't take much. I know. You're famous (laughs) in a small town. I guess there's some truth You actually kind of are famous in this small town. Am I? I think you are. Well, maybe. Everybody knows you. That's the only reason people can, like, I put me in a place. Because of you. Drop your name. Oh, okay, you're the wife. Corey Kingstrom. I won't even care to remember your name, but Corey, I will refer to you as Corey Kingstrom's wife. (laughs) That is who I am. That sometimes drives you crazy. It does because people think it's like giving me praise or something, and I'm like, I have a name. (laughs) Like, that's why I have a name, so I don't have to go walking around as Corey Kingstrom's wife. Well, you're probably more popular than I am, honestly. It's true. I probably am. I mean, don't you have people listening to you from, like, England or something? There is one gentleman that I am aware of, and one in Germany. See? I'm quite certain nobody in Germany or England knows. But if they're listening to me, chances are they've also listened to you. So, yay! You're popular! Okay. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. So we just call it a wrap? I don't care. Okay. in supporting the show, please log on to patreon.com slash Danielle Kingstrom, where you can select from a variety of tiers to financially support what I'm doing here on recorded conversations, as well as the other creative content that I am working to provide for you. If you're interested in connecting with me, please find me on Facebook at Danielle Kingstrom, Twitter and Instagram at dkingstrom, Now brace yourself, because if you locate me on Instagram, you might come across a few saucy pictures that you weren't expecting. Please remember to not judge. And if you're interested in reading any of my written work, please track me down on patheos.com slash progressive Christian and search for my name, Danielle Kingstrom, or simply type in patheos.com slash Danielle Kingstrom. Lastly, but most importantly, if you're enjoying the show, Please share your time with me and take a moment to review the show, to like it, to rate it, 
so that you can do all those fun little things to help keep me in the analytic algorithm that we also depend on. And please remember, if you're interested in having a recorded conversation with me, let me know. If there is a discussion, a topic, if you just want to prove me wrong, reach out to me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email me directly, danielle.kingstrom at live.com. I welcome your thoughts, I appreciate your concerns, and I'm always looking for the next recorded conversation. As always, thank you for listening and take care. Thank you.